The Education Channel supports individual educational goals and encourages creativity for all. Visit uctv.tv slash education. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Stephen Mercer. I'm an independent educational consultant helping students and families choose great colleges to apply to. And I'm also an instructor in the online college counseling certificate program at UC San Diego Extension. And we're back today with a great colleague, Jody Oakham, author, uh, founder of College Financial Aid Advisors, and also working in the financial aid office at Occidental College, as well as a long background in, in working in financial aid. And we wanted to come back and talk more about college costs, because that's a big issue for so many students and families today. Hi, Jody. How are you? I am well. How are you? Good. Thanks. So what I wanted to talk to you about today is uh, to help the students and families that might be listening to this understand something that we, as in counselors like me, give as advice very frequently, but we might not break down in enough detail, right? We might be a little unfair when we say to families, you have to choose colleges that fit you. You have to choose colleges that maybe are good places for you academically, emotionally, socially, um, culturally, but first and foremost, also financially. And that's great advice to give. And I give it all the time, but I'm probably guilty of, again, not breaking it down enough for students and families because determining how much a college will cost for an individual student is really complicated, right? Colleges tend not to be terribly transparent all the time. Some are, but not all of them. So hopefully you can help us break this down a little bit. Help me be a little bit more honest to the students and families I work with, but help everyone understand this better. So could I ask you one question to begin, which is, you know, families look at the price tag of a college and it usually looks like a pretty big number, right? To attend just for one year. And they might look at if they're fortunate to have savings or if they have any kind of um, um, money in their accounts that they have available potentially to pay for college. And they often don't add up, right? The number, the cost of college looks quite a bit higher than what they have. Or, or often I've had families say to me, well, I could afford year one of college, but after that, I'm, I'm tapped out. You know, help us to understand that a little bit. Is that, is that the right way to be thinking or is it a little bit different? Uh, I think it's the right way. I think that, you know, we could break down the way you approach or the way families approach their bill. So let's talk about billing. And I know that's the end of the process, but if we bring it to the forefront of saying to a family, how were you planning on paying? So we always start, how were you planning on paying? Whether it's income, cash, savings, relatives, loans, any of those answers are great. Uh, but let's talk about how a college bills. The first thing they do is they mark the college price on the website. It's the marked up price. So that's full cost of attendance. But when they bill, they only bill for tuition, room, board, and fees. So if a family wants to know how much they're going to owe each time, that tuition, room, board, and fees is going to be divided in half if it's a semester school or in thirds if it's a quarter school or depending on how they work. It doesn't mean that the rest of the marked up price is not going to come from the family but that's not going to go directly to the college. It's probably going to go to the student in some way. That's the first thing. Do you want to elaborate or ask a question about that? 
Well, just to just to clarify then. So when somebody looks up on the college website or paperwork that they might receive, and there's a big number, a big cost of college, that co- all colleges give a number that includes portions that are an estimate for books, perhaps health insurance, pr- travel back and forth, things like that, that are not directly billed by the college at that time. Okay. Exactly. So those are the indirect costs. And the tuition, room, board, and fees are the direct costs. Okay. That's what they're looking at at that time. I think when families are beginning the process, they also want to check out tools. I'm a huge fan of tools. So I'll always talk about different tools that I love, that I use. And that's the net price calculator. So the net price calculator, otherwise known as NPC, Mm -hmm. is located on each college website. On the financial aid page, they're regulated. It's mandatory to have a net price calculator. And families can figure out by using their adjusted gross income, other line items from their tax return to complete the net price calculator and find out what that college is going to possibly give them in financial aid. And that is something that has been around for a while We used to think it was a ballpark and not the best tool, but right now I lean my families into that tool to get used to the number that the net price calculator is going to give them. I um, am glad to hear you say that you have a lot of confidence in that because I remember not so long ago, several years ago now, maybe a decade, I'm not quite certain, when the net price calculator was mandated by law or policy. And my experience at first was that many colleges scrambled to meet that that obligation and that the net price calculators often weren't very accurate or the colleges didn't really put a lot of effort into the the back end calculation and just kind of tried to satisfy the the law. Um, and, and then over the years, I heard individual colleges kind of brag a little bit to say, we really do put a lot of effort into matching up at the end of a cycle. You know, once we've awarded financial aid to a student and they're attending our school, we test it and go backwards in time and say, if they had entered that their information in our net price calculator, you know, 12 months ago, how close would have the net price calculator been to what we actually awarded them in some combination? And we're trying to close that gap, so to speak. So are you seeing the same thing or are you seeing it even better than what I'm describing? Well, I, I agree with you. We were probably at the same conference where it was mandatory that we went and we met all the vendors who were creating the net price calculator. And it, it was overwhelming for us in the industry. And I right. think you're right. Everyone just wanted to get the calculator on their, on their website. But if you dive deep into the conversation, families don't even have a starting number. So when they're thinking of costs of college, they, they, is it 5,000? Is it 10,000? Is it 20? They don't even have a start. So the net price calculator at least gives them a number that whether it's 23,000 to go here or 30,000 to go here, then they can kind of zoom into that number and say, okay, that's my number. And, and we're going to stop saying to families, Maybe that's not your number. No, that's your number. And, mm-hmm. and, and get used to that number. Uh, so I agree. They're a lot better. Uh, they're more accurate. 
And more families say to me that, oh my gosh, that's what the net price calculator said I was going okay. to owe. And so that okay. makes me happy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. Now, do you, I recommend to, to families that at that beginning stages of searching out colleges, taking recommendations on all the factors to get that starting number of what do we think it might cost, I recommend that they use the net price calculator for kind of four or five schools to begin with. Maybe choose a variety of schools on purpose, v location, selectivity, maybe size or type of institution. Do you think, is that a smart piece of advice? Yeah, Would you do I the do same? the same thing. Public okay. versus private, in-state versus out-of-state. So I, I'm a fan of saying, don't worry if they're capturing your email. All businesses in marketing, we're all trying to capture emails. So your emails are email, and it is not going to count against your student as far as getting into that school or not getting into that school. So please, parents, when you're listening today, just take that out of your head. It's not happening. We're just running the calculator and for sure run it at different schools, different locations to see what's going on because cost of that particular college, whether it's in-state or out-of-state, is going to make a difference on the number that you get based on your income and assets. And so just to clarify, I, I think I know what you mean that sometimes families push back with me and you to use the net price calculator, you often have to sign up, right? You have to kind of, they use it as marketing, right? They capture your name, your student's name, capture emails. And I have had some families say, but I'm putting financial information in that could be used to, you know, to come back. Is it private? Is it going to be used in the admission decision? And this kind of age of data and privacy, I, I get those concerns. You're saying, it's all good. You work in financial aid. You work in the on the college side. You're saying that those numbers are not taken and used for an admission decision. They are not taken and used for an admission decision. There are committees. There are companies that work for a college to find trends, to find who's, you know, to create their budgets. But it's not the net price calculator. The net price calculator is there to help families. And please, if there's anything you take away, use those midnight, one in the morning, 10 in the morning, whatever it works, just keep using it and using it and get used to it until you hear back from the college that your student got in and now it's time to pay. Right. So now let me ask you this. You recommend that students and families or families perhaps run the net price calculator for an individual college multiple times or is once enough and they can move on and say that's the baseline uh so i don't think that i've ever had a family run it once and walk away <laughs> i do think uh, my families run it and they play with it and they want to get used to it and they see if they made more what would happen to see what the four-year plan what would happen to see uh, if their assets are different or their cash is different what would happen so i do have families using it, uh, maybe they own their own business and times were different last year or specifically in COVID where a family's return uh, was one thing and then the next year they didn't make as much. So they for sure are trying to see what's going on. And I consider that good financial literacy and planning their future and the future of their student at that college. Okay, so it's okay and probably a good idea to run it several times and kind of play around with it. Obviously, nobody's lying. There's no inaccuracy, but it's just to run different scenarios and see what that would look like. 
Right. And the other thing is that families don't really know how to fill out the FAFSA or the CSS profile. And sometimes they're confused on what the applications are asking and not asking. So, you know, when they're doing that, they're also trying to figure out, you know, how am I going to fill out that application? So it is a good tool in the sense that it's helping with that. Okay. So let me ask you a question. So this happens for a lot of families I work with. Uh, They fill out the net price calculators. They give it a real honest, you know, try multiple times. And it comes back saying, you're probably not going to get a lot of financial aid, if any at all, right? Your income and your assets really don't meet the threshold. And a family who comes back to me very concerned, exasperated sometimes saying, you know, we're using this tool correctly. And uh, we see the cost of college is extraordinary for us. Uh, this doesn't make sense. We, we don't know how we're going to pay for this if we're not going to be eligible for aid from these colleges. What do you say to them? I mean, that's true. That's true. And, and so now it's time to talk about whether you're a need eligible family or a no need family or an eligible family. And, and I think I always talk, the next sentence I always say to that, Stephen, is what's your plan? Are you planning to pay? Or are you planning to tell your student, no, I'm so sorry, we only have this amount and we can't afford that school. That conversation needs to happen very early on. Uh, If you're going to make it work as a family, great. If you're not, terrific. Um, But your student needs to know before they put all the time into their admission applications. And and at the end, you finally say, I'm so sorry, we can't afford that. They need to know up front so that maybe, and this isn't certainly my niche, but uh, knowing when we talk about fiscal fit, knowing what you're going to pay, do you have colleges on the list that are uh, lower in cost, higher in cost, maybe the higher the cost of the school, there's more ability to receive financial aid. All those things need to be considered when we're talking about fit also. Uh, So adding to your list. Got it. So, and those are conversations that I have too about families, Mm -hmm. as long as they're clear. uh, We sometimes talk about a community college option, which is here in California, we're so fortunate to have a great pathway from excellent community colleges onto four-year schools, which can really have an impact on the overall cost. And in most states, there are awesome options for lower cost public institutions as opposed to private. So there's lots of options to talk about. Um, what do you say to a family though? Cause families come to me with this and say, all right, well, we're, we're a no need family. We filled out the forms. We've done the tests. We're not going to qualify for aid based on, you know, our income and assets. And yet we are not willing to pay the amount of money. We're going to, we're just going to apply for scholarship. That'll take care of it. You know, what do you, how much do you see people bringing in in scholarship, um, First, let's start with what are called outside scholarships, right? Scholarships that students apply to uh, from organizations, non-for-profits, foundations, corporations, community-based organizations of some sort when they go apply and get a a check for $5,000 or something like that. How often do you see that? And what do you see on the college side? So uh, I I don't see it a lot. Uh, That doesn't mean I don't think that they should apply. Uh, So I know a lot of the owners who own some of the private sites and the secret 
you can tell it now, <laughs> we'll lean in. <laughs> and the secret is uh, applying to 6070 scholarships, 1,500, and keep that going throughout the four years. Uh, students need to close down uh, their circle of where they're trying to get money. When you're using private scholarships, the circle's huge. You're competing against students all over the globe. So you want to try in your neighborhood, in your high school, in your community, uh, local organizations to try and earn that money. But there are scholarships out there for everything, and I encourage students to apply. This is the time we're in times where it's uncertain and it's new, and any place that you can look for buckets of money, look for buckets of money. Uh, do it when you're not filling out admissions applications, you're not studying for your APs, do it when it's a little bit calmer for you and you can think. Uh, and so I encourage you to do that. Applying to scholarships at colleges is a great way of narrowing that circle. So filling out your FAFSA or your CSS profile to apply for colleges, whether it's on the merit side or financial aid side. In times like we are today, you wanna apply for everything, open every door, go through every door, don't close any door, don't second guess, because we really live in a time where things are uncertain and we don't know, and we want students to be able to receive the most amount of money they can for college. I think you touched on something that I get worried about when I talk to students who say they're just gonna apply for scholarship and that'll take care of what they think they need to pay because it is so expensive, that you touched on that notion that in order to really make a big dent in paying for four years of college from outside scholarships, you have to put in a remarkable amount of effort. There has to be multiple applications that go out for scholarships. Right. Um, you said, you know, 50 or 60 applications because you're in competition and the dollar amounts of each of those scholarships, assuming you win them, isn't terribly high, but can add up. Right. So if you really, really, really focused and you really put a lot of effort, you can make it work, but it's a big effort. Right. Mm -hmm. It's a big effort, but you students, I encourage you, if you're watching this, uh, there's ways to do it. Keep track of dates and scholarships and links and amounts. And it, it, it you can do it, uh, but it takes time and that's okay. Time it can equal money. That's right. What I, in response to that, often try to direct students towards is instead of trying to put all of your eggs in that basket, um, think more carefully about where you're applying in the first place. And if you really are a no need family where you're not going to qualify for need based aid, and you do believe you'll need to rely on some type of scholarship merit or whatever it is, look carefully at what the school offers in terms of merit. And there's sometimes some, what I call like some hidden types of merit mm -hmm. or merit that's not uh, publicized. And those are tuition discounts, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, the term that I often direct students to look at is institutional grant aid, right? Which is the college's own money that they're giving out to essentially give a discount to often lots of different students, right? And it's often, there's no additional application. You just apply, you be a good student, put a good application together, and there's no guarantees. But that's sometimes looking at the percentage of what percentage of students receive grant aid from the school is sometimes a clue to how many students might, whether you're going to be in that group as well. Is that right. an accurate way of maybe thinking about it? 
Yeah, and I, I mean, let's give let's give our listeners today a little bit of a hint on how to do some of it. You know, every college has a website. Every website has a financial aid page. Every financial aid page has a scholarship page on it. So if the students are applying to five, five colleges, 10 colleges, every college has a scholarship page, whether that scholarship page is merit-based, community service-based, financial aid-based, all their scholarships are listed there. That's how you look. It's, it's right there. And right there, we've, we've taken that circle and brought it in. So that's right. huge. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there's lots of websites that also will list the percentage of students who receive institutional grant aid and the average amount. Now, it's you have to be careful because it's an average amount. Uh, I, I've been recently using a website called collegedata.com. I like it. It's kind of geeky. There's tons of data on it and it's free. And I like to drill down there and look, what do they record? But the bottom line is, is you can call, you can ask a college. Yes, you can. You can they'll tell you that, right? And they'll say, we don't give any institutional aid, right? Or we give, you know, a lot, you know, it's, it's telling when I look at statistics and it'll say 99% of the students are receiving some type of aid. Well, that means that 1% is paying the total cost. Basically nobody's paying the total cost. Everybody's getting a discount, right? As opposed to a school that might be 50% or something. So those are just some clues that I direct students to look at. And I think you have a good point. You know, I think one of the messages we always want to get across to families is to please call the college or email them or communicate with them. Uh, Don't be fearful. Be positive. Connect with admissions. Connect with financial aid. Connect with the career center. Ask if there's anything else that you can apply for or something you're not seeing. We're happy to help. Uh, and colleges really want to help. So uh, tap into that. Uh, we're giving you the green light here. Yeah, I think that's a good, a really good message to send that don't be afraid and you're not hurting anybody's chances. You won't get less money. You won't get denied by asking questions, right? We're all educators. We love to give advice. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jody, thanks for your time today and thanks for your advice. I'm really grateful. And um, I know everyone listening today has learned something from you. So thank well, you. Well, thank you for inviting me. I always like hanging out with you. And anytime we can help students, it's, it's a plus. So thank you very much. All right. Let's do it again. Okay. Take care now. <laughs>